Hello, it's me again. I've come back here to Cypress Grove Cemetery once more to walk and to talk amidst the gravestones right next to Interstate 10 here in the great city of New Orleans. Well, I just got off an interview. I was just interviewed by some students at a local university for a religion class. And they interviewed me about my religious identity and practice and community. And I found that to be absolutely fascinating. Happy to do the interview, delighted in fact, because it gave me an opportunity to reflect and articulate and I find that we don't really know ourselves maybe as well as we think we do uh, when we sit in splendid isolation, which doesn't really exist anyway, the way we imagine ourselves to be. Well, it's a little different. It's quite a bit different when you bring other people into the mix, when you have to represent yourself, when you have to justify and explain yourself in the eyes of others, in the ears of others. Kind of like I'm doing now. I'm imagining you, whoever you are listening to this, if you even exist. I'm imagining what you might think. Will you dismiss this as the ravings of a madman? Should you? Or might I actually have a chance of making sense to you? Well, much the same way that I was talking to these students. So they asked me about my religious identity, my practices, my community. Not so much about beliefs, but we, we touched on beliefs. And I was glad of that because I feel like uh, an overemphasis on beliefs takes the conversation in a wrong direction. In a direction that's not wrong, it's, it's just not as helpful. It can become kind of intellectual and divorced from the reality of our lived experience. From what's really important. Anyhow, 
I told them, uh, well, they connected with me in the first place because they were looking for a pagan. They had heard of paganism. They had chosen that as their topic to investigate. I guess different students in the class choose different religious traditions. They chose paganism. So they were looking for a pagan, and a professor there turned them on to me. And so it's under that label that this conversation even took place in the first place. Now, there's a lot of problems with the pagan label. I'm aware of them. But there's also so much potential. And the primary potential is you got to have a name for something if you want to talk about it. There's a helicopter going overhead. I'm guessing the microphone will pick that up. There is a, um, a value in labels, be they ever so problematic. In fact, I think they're inherently problematic, right? Because labels, by definition, exclude some things and include some things, and it's almost never perfect, especially when it comes to uh, things like religion, human groupings of that nature. And paganism in particular is such a messy label. What does it mean? Where did the name come from? I mean, I've, I've talked about that many times and uh, was happy to talk about it again today with these students. But what made this even more interesting to me is that I was also able to say, uh, let me back up, within that big umbrella category known as paganism, there are many religious traditions. And today, unlike sometimes in the past, as of 2020, I'm able to actually identify my tradition more specifically as Gaian. Something I've wanted to say for at least eight years. Eight years? Well, I, I think it was eight years ago that it all clicked for me. That I didn't have a community. I didn't. And therefore, lacking the community, I lacked the confidence to just embrace that label, to call myself a Gaian. I said I would, but I didn't. It's only this year in 2020 that I have found, finally found my people, thanks entirely to a guy named Eric up in Connecticut. And you can learn more about uh, his perspective. You can actually read his essays directly at guyanism.org, which I encourage you to do.
if you want to know more. Wood, Eric, up in Connecticut, identify himself as a pagan? No, I don't think so. But Gaianism is the Gaian path, if you will, is one of those things I think is going to attract a lot of people from the pagan community and a lot of people from without. The pagan community, after all, is very small. Even in my own efforts to convene a local group, we basically have uh, three people so far. Very small, very intimate group. Hope that we can grow, but of these two people, one person identifies as pagan, and the other, had, well, I should say two people identify as pagan, because that's me, and one other. And then the third person identifies as Catholic. But we all identify as Gaian, meaning that we have some reverence, some awe for Gaia, that we stand in awe of Gaia, that we recognize our dependence on her and our participation in her, that we, in our small way, constitute Gaia, along with every other living being on Earth, and even a lot of the non-living parts of the Earth, as we would say, as we tend to think about stones and, oh, the air and the water, Gaia kind of blurs those distinctions, because she is constituted by all of these things together. So, I'm happy, as I said, to reflect and to articulate this with these students, to share with them that I'm a Gaian and how the, what the practice of Gaianism is as I interpret it. I warned them that this is a new religious movement, so you find that things aren't as fixed as they might seem to be with the older religions that have been around for centuries. They can seem to be uh, permanent fixtures of our cultural landscape. But of course, they aren't. As the Buddhists teach, nothing is permanent. Everything is changing. And you know, pagans say that a lot, too. Pagans, in particular, like to say, she touches everything she changes, and everything she touches... No, I didn't, I didn't get that right. Let me try that again. She changes everything she touches, 
and everything she touches changes. Referring, of course, to the goddess. To me, that would seem to refer to the great goddess of Earth, Gaia. In any event, these monolithic, or these seemingly, seemingly immutable edifices of the major world religions are actually constantly changing. And over the course of history, you just have to take a long enough view, they come and they go. The difference with a new religious movement, such as Gaianism, is that you see it right now, right here, all in flux. You see the flux. You see the religion being shaped and put together. Invented, created, established, as I believe all religions have been, by humans. To an extent, of course, I can also say humans in communion with what? Well, as a humanist, I would say, yeah, humans, that's sufficient. Sufficient description right there. But as a Gaian, I'm tempted to say humans in communion with Gaia, in communion with nature, in communion with the world, in communion with the more than human, with our kindred, What do I mean by that? Well, even though religion would seem to be a human thing, what can you say about a religion that purports to keep the earth as the center of our practice, to hold the earth sacred? Obviously, this religion couldn't come into existence without the Earth. None of us could exist without Gaia. But when a religion claims explicitly to be about Gaia, to be about honoring our connections to the more than human, is it fair, then, to say that this is a collaborative endeavor? It kind of gives me the willies. I've identified as a humanist for many years. I believe that religion comes from humanity. But as I question that even now, 
uh, I'm, I'm not so sure where I'm going with this, people. I'm just thinking out loud here, thinking out loud. If I was to say that about Guyanism, what would I say about Christianity? I'm not entirely comfortable saying that Christianity is a collaborative endeavor, collaborative endeavor between humans and what? I'm sure some Christians would emphasize the idea of a transcendent divinity revealing truth to us. But I'm not sure I'm ready to go down that road. In fact, my worldview, my understanding of reality is that Christianity is a human invention. And that really, that's the way I've thought about all religions, that they are human inventions. It's only just as I've been holding forth in this rambling monologue that it occurred to me to say it any other way. And that is just crazy thinking. Well, is it though? I don't know. I'm going to have to get back to you on that one, folks. I'm going to have to meditate on it. I hope that you didn't come here looking for preformed, prefabricated, airtight philosophical arguments, because that's not what's on offer. This is the messiness that I was referring to early with new religious movements, still figuring out how to talk about it, still figuring out how to think about it. My commitment to philosophical naturalism would seem to remain intact. But people have been telling me that humanism, that like John Halstead, for example, recently expressed to me his discomfort is no longer identifying as a humanist. Too anthropocentric, I guess. But I've stuck by the humanist label. And now I'm wondering if I can. I'm having a little bit of a crisis. Does it sound different? If it sounds any different on the recording right now, I'd be interested to know. I've stopped by the Chinese tomb. The Chinese cemetery. That's actually what it says carved above this vault. It's a big vault and I'm looking in. I can hear my voice echoing. This was established here. It says 19 July 1904. And I've come by and looked in here many a time. I can't read the Chinese characters. But it's kind of fascinating. I wonder if it sounds any different on the recording. Well, folks, I think I've rambled on 
long enough. I've gotten myself into a little bit of trouble, which is exactly what I was aiming for. So this would be a good place to wind up, I guess, and say thanks for listening if you listened. Don't be shy about getting in touch. And until next time, go with Gaia.